All right. I reckon we should look at Zechariah. <clears throat> and the angel that talked with me came again and waked me. As a man that is waking out of his sleep, said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked. And behold, a candlestick of all gold. Everybody hear that? With a bowl where? On top of it. Okay? And seven lamps thereon. Okay? And then seven pipes to the lamps, which are upon the top thereof. And two olive trees by it. Upon the right side of the bowl, one, and the other on the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Uh, go down to verse number 12. What be these two olive branches, right, come from the trees, which through two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves. So there's all this stuff he's seeing, and he's seeing all, he's seeing trees and bowls and candlesticks, pipes. But the end of the chapter clearly tells us that he doesn't just see those instruments passing through them, he sees oil. It's important, right? I mean, we don't want to just look at a picture. What's going on here? What's, what's happening with these trees that go into a bowl and the bowl that goes into pipes and pipes that light flames? None of this happens without the oil. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. God help us in these last days. We need the oil. Father, help us. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. We're, we're moving for time, so let me not spend much time reviewing. You go back and rehearse these messages that are all online or on YouTube and catch up with us. But we are in Zechariah, one of the minor prophets in the Word of God. And he's writing to us really today, letting us listen in on what was happening with God's people who had been in Babylonian captivity because of their disobedience and now had come back home to where Israel was from, to a temple that was ruined, a city that was only populated by a remnant and therefore had become a reproach.
In other words, they were God's people. I mean, when you pull up into the town where God's people live, you expect an illustrious display of God's glory. And yet you went to Jerusalem and saw a ruined temple. They were a reproach. They were an embarrassment. That, listen to me, when you are a Christian who hails the name of Jesus and you're out in the world living a defeated life, you are an embarrassment to the glory of God. I'm an embarrassment to the glory of God. Because people are expecting a display of victory in those who claim to be connected to God. God's not just a name I name to sound good. God is a name I name because I have his name on me. And that name should be demonstrated in a life of consistent victory in Jesus' name. So Zechariah is going to give visions. And he's going to tell the people that this, this ruin does not have to be the totality of your narrative. In other words, you don't have to be known for this wreck. Come on now, I'm talking to somebody today. You can't get past your past. You can't live for God because you're so busy looking at that mess behind you. Can I tell you, in the spirit of God and in the spirit of Zechariah, I'm telling you that what is in your life now or what was in your life before does not have to be your theme forever. You can rebuild the walls, but you can't do it by might nor by power. You got to do it by the spirit of God. God's got to do it. I say God's got to do it. Marriage falling apart, you can rip. By the way, there are people in this building who can testify. We were at wit's end. We were ready to go. Some of you men can be honest and say, she told me to go. But God, come on. I'm telling you, it can be done, but it will not be done through the spirit of carnality. It will not be done through the arm of the flesh. It will not be done through human reasoning. It will not be done through intellectualism. It will not be done through psychology. It will not be done through therapy. If you and I are to accomplish the work of God, and as bad as this world is, if catastrophe is to be changed into accomplishment, it must be done through the Holy Spirit of God, not by might nor by power, but by God's spirit. Somebody say amen. And so Zachariah is there. And we began with the preparation of of the servant who had to be spiritually awakened, surrender his attention, and specifically ask of God. Before Zechariah could see what God was saying so that he could give this message to him of his power that he wanted to work through him, his spirit that he wanted to accomplish the task, the servant had to be prepared. I asked you this last week. If God wants the spirit to work through you, are you prepared? Am I, listen, am I in a position that God can speak to me? Am I in a position that God God can talk to me? Am I in a position to hear from God? Every Christian ought to read the Bible every day. I told you that last week. You ought to read the Bible every day. I hope you spent seven days reading the Bible. Oh, pastor, I missed two. Well, Well, get seven next week. You need the Bible. But when you open the Bible, be in a position to hear God's word. Be spiritually alert. Be spiritually awake and be specifically asking. Ask God for clarification. Ask God what you don't understand. Ask God to speak to you. Every morning before I read the Bible, I quote Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I quote Psalm 119. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I don't just want to hop out to bed, rush to reading the Bible just to say I read it and halfway through it I finally wake up. No, no, no. If God's going to talk, I want to be woke before he starts talking. And how many, how many Christians have supposedly been spiritual receptacles for God's word over all these years? Some of you young people that, that were in church nine months before you were born. 
literally. And now you're getting to the age where you have to approach adulthood and start making decisions and your decisions appear to be completely uninformed to God's will. it's, It's ridiculous for you to grow up in church and go out in the world and act like you don't have a clue about anything. You know what that means? You've been listening to the Bible your whole life, but you were not awake. We have the glorious privilege to be in a good Bible-believing church. This church is not good because I'm the pastor. It's good because Jesus is the head. And I'm trying my best to be the under-shepherd following the chief shepherd so that when he appears, he can give me a crown that, 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 that will not fade away. And that crown will be given to me because I've been faithful in feeding the flock. Feeding them what? Feeding them what God feeds me. The precious truths of the word of God. The whole counsel of the word of God. From Genesis to Revelation. To preach to a church of people that is growing spiritually and maturing every day. Not to spoon feed you stories and, and politics and opinions and and, and status quo, no, to bring you to the presence of God through the preached word of God so that you leave here so full and so challenged. I cannot get enough emotion in here to keep you on a high all week long. We're not trying to get you to stomp your way to life and to clap your way to life and to be so happy about church that the devil's scared of you because you're just dancing so much. We're trying to fill you with the word of God. I'm not trying to get you in here and give you a fish one day. I'm trying to teach you how to fish every single day. And the best way to equip a congregation for this crazy world is to feed them unadulterated, pure, uncensored, unaltered by man, truth from the word of God. Now what you do is up to you. Because I got to do something with mine. Every morning I read, every morning I read. Don't read the Bible if you don't want to be accountable because every time you read it, you're accountable for what you read. It does no good to be listening to something good if you're not prepared to receive it. Now this morning, Quickly, I need about seven or eight minutes. That's about all I got left. The power that is supplied. The power that is supplied. Notice the supernatural possession here. The supernatural. Notice what he says in verse number six. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Watch this now. Here's where God says the power must come from. It must come from my spirit. In other words, God says if you're going to get this thing done, it will not be through a human resource. It will be through a heavenly resource. Here's the problem with the Christian life. Too many people are trying to live a spiritual thing a carnal way. We cannot bring the philosophy and the psychology of how we practice work, sports, school, to the work of God and expect it to merge seamlessly. This is not sports. This is not work. This is not school. This is the Christian life. It's a God thing. Listen to me. It's a God thing. You didn't help God save you. You didn't qualify God to save you. You didn't merit God's salvation. He found you in nothingness, in depravity, in debauchery, wallowing around in the muck and mire of sin, headed for a devil's hell so far down you couldn't get up if you tried. Religion and the church and baptism and turning over new leaf and good works couldn't have gotten you out of hell. You were headed there just as destined as you could be. But God, who is rich in mercy, wherewith his great love does, for by grace are you saved through faith in that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Let sin be When you weren't looking for him, he was looking for you. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made 
the righteousness of God in him. And we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works which God had before ordained that we should walk in him. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Behold, what man of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. And it doth not appear what we shall be, but we know when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Nathaniel, oh, yes. God did that. God, 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 God did. So when I talk to people, I, say, I can't live the Christian life. I say, you didn't get saved doing something. God had to do it. What makes you think God had to get you saved and you're going to live like you are saved without God? It is, it is submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. My, my, this is a supernatural possession. My, my, my spirit, my spirit, my spirit, saith the Lord. You got to get me in you, flowing through you, if you're going to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. You can get mad for the rest of your life over how your life looks. You can tell everybody about it, blast it all over social media, because that's what people do. But ain't nothing going to change till the only one that can do something about it starts flowing through you. Right. Supernatural possession. Notice self-sufficient production. And I'm, I'm going to quit after this. Please look. Here's the lampstand with the stem. On top of the lampstand is a bowl. Below that, seven pipes. And then seven oil-burning lamps. So watch this now. Here comes the trees. The trees feed the bowl. The bowl goes down through the pipes. The pipes then flee, feed the lampstand. The lampstand then has fire on the top of the candle because the oil's coming from the bowl. The, 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 the bowl's getting it from the trees. The, the trees give it to the bowl. The bowl gives it to the pipes. The pipes give fire to the wicks. Somebody help me preach. But, but this is what... Zechariah saw. Verse 12. The golden pipes are emptying, in, emptying the golden oil out of themselves. Now, listen. And you can go home and chew on it. In, in, into the temple, the, the priest would go, right? <clears throat> Leviticus, right? He, he goes into the, to the temple and Part of his responsibility is trimming the wicks so that the candles will keep burning and, and making sure that, that the sufficient amount of oil is there because it does no good to have a beautiful lampstand with candles if there's no oil in the candle to produce fire. Ain't no good at being a so-called Christian on the shelf that God ain't shining through. So, so priest, you got to get in there, make sure you trim and make sure you, you know, starts running out fire. Make sure you fit. Zachariah looks at this lampstand, pipes, wicks, bowl, trees, oil. But nobody's there pouring it. How, how are these pipes emptying oil into themselves. Hey, here's what Zachariah needed to see. Ain't no man going to keep this fire going. God's going to do it himself. 
I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate this church. In my opinion. Uh, it's, always, it's always funny when people preface a statement by, in my opinion. In my opinion, it's the greatest church in the world. My opinion. My opinion. Now, I'm biased because I'm a member here and I pastor it. But let me tell you this. There's something wrong if I'm a member at this church and I pastor it and I'm not biased. People say, you biased about your kids. You biased about your family. Duh. This church treats me well, takes well care, good care of me, spoils me, checks on me when I think I need to take better care of myself. Are you doing slow down? Why you walk around? Sit down some. Oh, I just I appreciate all of it. I hope I pastor you till one of us goes to heaven, and my wish is that we both go at the same time when the trumpet sounds. I labor in the word every week because I believe. That the stewardship placed on me when you sit before me to preach the word of God. And for every single one of you that will hear this message at a later date. I believe that the gravity of that stewardship is so significant that it's important that when I get here, I got something from God. However, I could be the best pastor in the world. And I'm not. Somebody's out there better. But what you need to live the Christian life, to have that oil coming through you. You ain't going to get it from your pastor. You got to get it from God. Now, I can point you to it. That, that's, 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 that's the most liberating thought, perhaps, in a pastor's mind. That the pressure is not on me to make sure the people of God win in the Christian life. I can't make sure nobody wins. I can't even make sure I win. God is the one that secures the victory. Don't go to a church where the pastor's going to tell you everything to do, where to buy a car, what to think, how to live, who to vote for, everything. I mean, some, some pastors get up and give everybody instructions. I can't believe you bought a house there and didn't ask me first. I can't believe you. And here's the here. We're going to pass you out a voting record here at this church, and this is who you ought to vote. I don't need to tell you who to vote for. You get in love with Jesus. He'll tell you to vote for. My, my job is to preach the word of God in a way that that puts you in a place where steadily God, in his own self-sufficient way, is providing for you. And Zachariah looked up and went, there's nobody keeping that candle going, yet it keeps going. I'm so glad that nobody has to keep God going he keeps himself going. Now, 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 here's your job. Hook up with him. We preachers say, get under the spout where the glory comes out. Our dear brother, Brother John Austin, we were talking this past week about, uh, you can close your Bibles. Let's do it together so we don't distract a little bit later when trying to get a thought here. Our, uh, our, last week we saw the forecast and I said, it's going to be 80 degrees, man. You're going to the golf course? Now, I'm not golfed in, in three years. I kept beating him so much he asked me to stop playing, so I've decided 
it would be better for our relation. No, I just, I haven't felt strong enough to swing like, like a lot, but I like to watch it, you know. Watched a bunch of Tiger last week. Tiger back to driving the ball, looking, looking good, yeah. yeah. I like Tiger. I can't believe you like somebody that's messed up. Oh, well, if we don't like nobody messed up, we can't like nobody. All right, but uh, uh, including you. I hope he gets saved one day. What are we talking about? Oh, back to the, back to the Christian, John Austin. Uh, so I see you're going to go play golf. He said, yeah, I'm going to get out there. Well, he tells me he didn't go. He didn't go Thursday because there were no tee times. Everybody and their mama saw 80 degrees and they beat him to the golf course. So he went Friday. Do you have any wind Friday? Wind? Good. You're going to help me with my illustration. The wind is great. If it's behind you. We've played together. And there have been some times where both of us have hit the ball further than we can actually hit it. Because we hit it at just the right time. And the wind caught it. When you look, matter of fact, you hit it so far that you hit up close to the people that are playing in front of you. And you didn't mean to, but they look so far away you felt you could hit it, and then you hit up close to them, and somebody's going, oh, no, it's going up close to them. I'm going, I'm about to drive up there and say, it was me. I'm the one who hit that ball. Yeah. Listen, listen. Anything you do on the golf course has the potential of going that much further if you catch it in the wind. Now, now listen, Zachariah said, I saw oil coming down. Let me give you another term for the Holy Spirit in the Bible. The wind. The, the breath of God. Now, now, here's what God is saying. Here's the Christian life. You got potential individually to do something great for God. Listen, as great as you can be for God can be that much greater if you'll just do what you do and get caught in the wind. And I believe, I believe that right now, I know I'm looking at the same news you're looking at. The world's crazy. Oh, crazy girl tried to come up in my house this week while my daughter doing her nails. Cussed my daughter out, told her she can come back. I know where you live. I'm going to beat you. Beepity, 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 beepity. These beepity, beepity, beepity things always happen when I'm not homey, 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 home. <laughs> Probably because God knows that I'll go to jail, 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 jail if I was home at home. No daddy in the building wants to get a call from your daughter crying, come home quickly. Me and Cameron were sitting in the mall, and I got a call from my daughter. I said, get up, we're going to my house. Uh-huh, uh-huh, get up, we're going to my house. I said, meet me, we at Springfield Mall. I said, meet me out front at the exit, I'll lead you to the house. And he called five minutes later. I'm at front at the exit, Pastor. I said, I forgot. I'm already on, get on the highway. <laughs> Who comes in somebody's house? Been there several times. Knows we're Christians. She's got to be able to see the, the Bible verses on the wall. I'm going to beep, beep, beep you and beat you down, and I know where you live. My wife come down and tells her to get out the house. She's going to buck. It's all on the cameras. She's going to buck at my wife like I'm trying, to, I'm trying to grab her through the video. <laughs> tell her, young lady, let me tell you about a man named Jesus. Hmm. 
This is what 15, 16-year-old kid is doing now. You see, poor child, I want to meet the parents. Maybe she didn't have access to godly parents or, or decent-minded ones. This is the world we live in. She didn't like dogs. She saw that dog. She hit the road. That dog came up to the door. She took, she was telling my wife, I don't want, that dog came up to the door. You see on the video, ah, she running, jumping dog. My wife said, yeah, we got him. We got him. My wife on the video, I plead the blood of Jesus over you. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I got the proof. My daughter does nails sometimes at home by herself. We were all scheduled to be gone. I'm glad circumstances precluded our leaving and that we were there. I'm glad her big brother was there. My big brother out there, he on the video too, holding it down. Run him off the property. I done watched that video about 10 times a day. <laughs> Daddy ain't raised no punk. Hey, Amen. You better defend your mama and your sisters. And he on there, he ain't saying no cuss words because then you're going to have to deal with me because now you're not defending your God. Don't nobody come up here cussing your sister out while you at the house. He had a talk with all of them, his mom and his sisters afterwards. Next time that happens, come get me first. Hallelujah. This is the kind of world we're living in. Watch this. I said all that to say this. As crazy as this world is, I still believe in these last days, the wind's blowing. The wind's blowing. God is at work. God is at work. He's sending the oil. We just got to abide in the vine. Stay connected to Jesus. Stay in the book. Stay in church. Stay right with each other. So that what potential you have on your own, Ephesians says, becomes exceeding abundantly above all that you ask and think according to the mighty power that works in you. You know what, you know what Paul is saying? Paul is saying, you can hit the ball a little bit, Christian, but if you hit it while the wind's blowing, it'll go further than you ever thought it could go. Let's be a church. That's living in the wind. Watch this now. Fresh oil. Fresh oil by the power of the Holy Ghost of God. That's good stuff. Not because I'm preaching it. Because God wrote it. Now, now, you quit quit saying that you can't live for God because of you. Swing, Swing as hard as you can. Take the club you think that you need to use. Aim. Practice. Keep your eye on the ball. But after you've swung and hit, let God do the rest. Raising your kids, leading your marriage, living in a crazy world. The oil's flowing. The wind's blowing. Get under the spout where the glory comes out. Our Father, I pray that you help us. working in us and through us. 
for your glory and our good. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Pastor, I'm saved, and I know it. If you know that, would you raise your hand? I'm saved, and I know it. I have Bible reasons to prove it. God bless you all over the building. Put your hands down. Pastor, I need that oil. I need that oil in my life. I have to remember that it's not up to me to keep the oil in me. It's up to me to let the oil flow through me. God is the sufficient provider of that oil. Pray for me, Pastor, all over the building. God bless you. Yes, 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 and yes. Here, there, and everywhere. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Would you pray for me? I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Please pray for me. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Let me pray for you. God bless you. I see your hand. To my right, there's another. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you, young man. What is this? This Christian life is, is, it's a work of grace. You look around at people that are successful and you think they've just got a bigger dose than you do. They were just wired differently. No, 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 no. They're just more cooperative with the spirit. Surrendered in their will. Let God, let, let the oil flow through you. For those of you that are lost or not sure you're saved, we'd love to talk with you about it. When service is over, if you'd like to talk to one of these ushers, they'll point you to somebody who can help lead you to Jesus. If you never come back to Crossroads, we'd sure like you to punch your ticket for heaven. God's done the work, but it's up to you. Put your faith in his finished work. May the Holy Ghost of God do in you and through you and for you in your seat what he wills and wants. Talk to him, would you? Right where you are. Talk to him about where you are in your life. And ask him, Lord, would you help me? gentle Savior would you lead on now Lord would you take and bless God and direct in Jesus name